0: if you love your athletics and even if you've got a, a, a preliminary interest in the sport, you want to get yourself down uh, to the Lakeside Stadium tomorrow night where the Maori Plant meet will take place from... Uh, well, preliminary events from 5.45 and the main program from 6.50. Uh, the headline act is Fred Curley, uh, the uh, record holder in the 100 metres, the American coming out to... Uh, to participate for the first time. 100-metre champion, hasn't been to Australia before. He's going to run around the Peter Norman 200 metres. And uh, Rowan Browning, Australia's fastest man, he's stepping up into that uh, event to take him on as well. So uh, a lot of big names at uh, the Morrie Plant meet uh, come tomorrow night. Um, and we will speak to someone perhaps on Friday with all the wash-up from um, from the Morrie Plant meet. Um I thought it was worth mentioning because we're about to speak to uh, a great of Australian athletics, um, one of the absolute peak middle and long distance runners we've ever produced. Uh, Craig Mottram is joining us for Australian Made. Look for the logo and be sure it's Aussie. Craig Mottram is a four-time Olympian and the man dubbed by Sport Australia Hall of Fame legend Ron Clark as our greatest ever distance runner. Buster won World Championship bronze, Commonwealth Games silver and those who run the tan here in Melbourne will forever have something to chase after Mottram set the record for the iconic running circuit back in 2006. The Kenyans called him the big mazungo, we'll just go with Craig. Craig Mottram, welcome to SEN. Morning, Sam. How are you? I'm well. I'm well. Now, the reason we wanted to get you on is because, as good as your career obviously was, you've embarked on a new role, an exciting one here, I suppose, to harness our our current day stars.
1: Absolutely. I mean, we're launching this morning um, the OAC Oceania off the back of the success of the OAC On Athletic Club in the US. Um, We're bringing the professional running team down to Melbourne and I'm the
0: head coach. Can't wait to get it started. Sounds like a crack team of Aussies. So what's the goal here then, Craig? Is it obviously all tailored around the preparation for Olympic and World Championships glory? I mean, what's it all about?
1: So initially it's about building a team of athletes that that we see have potential to make Australian teams and then represent Australia highly at international competition with the ultimate goal of making finals and, and winning medals in the middle distance space. So... First 12 months is, is literally about uh, getting it out there, getting the set up right, building the team, and then developing towards Paris in 2024. Um, we've got our Com Games in 2026 here in regional Victoria, and then the LA Olympics in 2028, and then ultimately Brisbane 2032. So this isn't man, something that's just here for a year. Mm. This is a long-term project that's been highly supported and highly invested in from the brand on, uh, from the global headquarters in Switzerland, and it's a team we're going to build and take to the next level. And, continue this evolution of what we've already started in Australia with some really great middle distance running.
0: So as you said, it's called uh, OAC Oceania. How many athletes are in the group?
1: So we've got five at the moment. I'm happy to announce them for you this morning. We've cool. got Ben Buckingham, who's an Australian Olympian over the steeplechase. Uh, Morty Skyring's come back from Florida, Uni- uh, Florida College in the US. She's a 1,500-metre girl. Claudia Hollingsworth, 8 and 15, world Australian World Championship representative and World Under-20 representative. In both of those events, Keeley's small Australian Commonwealth Games representative in the 800, two-minute girl. Tess Kersop-Cole is a world championship representative for Australia in the 800. So we haven't started at the bottom of the barrel by any means. We've gone straight to the top, got the best talented young runners we can find in Australia at this point in time with a pipeline of talent um, coming into the team midway through this year and will continue to grow as, um, as athletes present and, and the team performs well.
0: Did you, I'm not trying to embarrass you, did you personally select them, Craig? Yes. What And what criteria did you use? Obviously, talent is, is the biggest one, as we know. Uh, <laughs> age as well. And, and is there anything else that went into the mix? I mean, obviously, we'd like to think that there's plenty of competition for spots when you're only picking five.
1: Absolutely. I mean, there's, there's, it's ultimately a team. So it has to come back to those athletes that fit and work well together um, as a team. So supporting each other on the good and bad days. And let me tell you, there's plenty of those in this sport. Um, but they've got to have ammunition. And by ammunition, I mean they've got to have an ability to win races. So they've got to have something that sets them apart and, and all four or five of those athletes rather have have something that I feel sets them apart from from the others. Um, and then we look at other things like age, obviously, but we've got Ben who's just, uh, just gone over 30. So he brings a level of maturity um, to the team and that experience So he provides that support for the younger ones, like the Claudia who's 17, um, who's a bit of a phenomenon at, at her age. And But we understand that the journey for her is long, so she needs to have that experience and maturity in the team so it's about in the beginning building the foundation right so that it's a sustainable group that can continue to improve over the next you know two three four five ten years leading up to brisbane in 2032
0: so for those unfamiliar you touched on it off the top craig the on athletics club it's a global development program big in the u.s and europe but new to us here so for those listening this morning who are unfamiliar why is it is it needed outside the traditional avenues and streams and such
1: because athletics has primarily been an individual-based sport where athletes tend to just sort of find their own way and, and make their own partnerships with brands and things like that if they're at the very top level, where this is a, a systematic approach that's being funded and supported globally by the, by the brand on. So the head office, our founder, Olivia Bernard, is here today to support the launch this morning. Um, and we support them from everything in regards to a training environment. We've built our head office and gym in Richmond, so that's been happening for the last 12 months behind the scenes. That's now up and ready to go, so the athletes can train out of that Every day, that'll be our headquarters. We can tap into the team in the US, um, of which Ollie Hoare, um, probably one of our best middle distance runners at the moment, trains in, with the OAC in Boulder, Colorado. So we have that access to go over and train there um, in the US and base out of uh, Boulder, Colorado. We have access to the European OAC team, which is in Germany. And then uh, we have a training camp location in St. Moritz over in the, Europe, in the European Alps there, so that we can um, use that as an altitude base and access. Um, races throughout the European summer. So in short, we've built something in Australia that I wished I'd had set up when I was running and giving out the young athletes that best opportunity to become professional. So the other, I think, competitive advantage or point of difference is they're all professional. So they're all on a contract, they're all getting paid, and they can all focus on being the best runners they can be, which hasn't been done before in Australia.
0: No, and as you, and you've been in this position, obviously. I imagine that would just remove so much stress for the athlete because you're covering salaries, expenses for resources, so they've got nothing else to worry about other than getting in the best position possible for, for success at pinnacle events. Absolutely. That's the job, and that's what we're doing. All right. Well, the future of track, I wanted to ask you about this, Craig, what, the future of athletics in, in a crowded market here, particularly in, in Australia, in Melbourne specifically, with so many other sports. What, how would If people ask you what the future of your big love looks like, what, what does it look like? Middle distance running, long distance running, track events, the, the future of it?
1: Yeah, it's a really good question. I mean, athletics, from a little athletics point of view and from a mass participation recreational running point of view, is still the most participated sport in the world, maybe second to soccer. Um, but only by not a large number. So from that point of view, we, the future is bright from a from a grassroots perspective and a development sort of program, which is you know a big reason as to why we've got this going is we need to capture that market, that talented young athlete that has potential to be you know brilliant in the sport of track and field in particular, middle distance, and then give them that opportunity. We haven't done that before. So mm. I think with the implementation of the OAC here in Australia, the future is bright. We've got, as I've already said, 2026 Tom Games. Um, in Australia, Brisbane 2032. We just had the World Cross last weekend. There's more international competition happening in our region um, than we've ever had before. And even tomorrow night, we've got the Murray Plant Meet um, here at Lakeside with um, Fred Curley and the like, some of the best athletes in the world coming down to compete on Australian soil. So if we sort of had a look at when this had been at this level previously, it was probably you know, prior to the Sydney Olympics in from 1996 through to 2000 where that excitement and hype of, of athletics and performance um, in Australia, it was as high as it, you know, as it was back then. It is now, and I think that's fantastic. And we need to carry this momentum and give our athletes the best opportunity over the next ten years to prepare for Brisbane in 2032.
0: And so, of the five that you've got there, I mean, I imagine the easy answer is you've got the highest of hopes for them to get to to win gold medals and everything. And what's a realistic goal for the I mean, Can what do you see in in this five in particular, Craig? That um that excites you the most? And you mentioned some of those big events on the horizon there. I mean. Have you got gold medalists in your stable there?
1: <laughs> um, look, it, it's a hard, hard answer, obviously,
0: yeah. to, to give you right
1: now. But what we do know is that from, from my point of view and from my role's perspective and, and the guys I report to, there is absolutely no pressure in the short term to get these athletes somewhere they need to be quicker than what mm. is appropriate. So mm. we're in no rush. Um, the team will continue to build. We've got five now. Um, we can build up to 12 athletes over the next 12 to 18 months, ideally. Um, so we haven't filled the team just because we're launching today. We filled the team with the right athletes that have that, um, have those ingredients that I think are going to help them be competitive internationally. And then as other opportunities come up and other athletes show interest and, and um, those opportunities present, we'll add them into the team as we go. But look, at the end of the day, we've got resources. We've got access to everything we need. We have no excuses. And the ultimate goal is to make Australian teams and win medals at major championships. But realistically, I think that's, yeah, you know, we're looking at 2026 and 2028. Yeah, um, as those sort of championship events that we'll we'll aim to target and do and do great things at.
0: I'm sure you're still ticking them over as well, aren't you? Not enough, mate. Not enough. I got four of my own
1: kids at home as well, so I don't get out the door as much as I'd like. I live vicariously through these guys, <laughs> and
0: that's enough. I've got to ask you before we let you go, and I know we said it was about um, the On Athletics Club, which it is, and not necessarily about you, but I'm sure you must get asked this all the time. My mind, whenever I um, either speak to you, Craig, or, or hear you mention, always takes me back to the Commonwealth Games at the MCG in 06. It was absolutely jam-packed for the 5,000. I was lucky enough to be there. I reckon one of the best sporting moments I've seen at that stadium, a spine-tingling atmosphere, and ultimately, of course, it took something extraordinary for Augustine Chogi, the the Kenyan, to beat her. And the race was only the second time I think that event had been won under 13 minutes at that level, at championship competition. Just a wall of noise around the stadium... you must have trekked up to the MCG from your home in Frankston back in the day so many times to watch um, your beloved Carlton Football Club play. How do you look back on the 06 Commonwealth Games and that event in particular? And people listening this morning, a lot of them would have been there.
1: Oh, it's amazing. I've, you know, I've, said I've got four kids. I actually took my son to the MCG a couple of years ago and we sat up in the Great Southern Stand and I said, you know, many years ago, Christian, Dad, Dad owned this place for a night. And he looked at me and he goes, yeah, good on you. You played football, did you? And I go, no, I was a runner. And he goes, but there's no track here. But I'm, I mean, the history of the G across all sports is phenomenal. But obviously the 1956 Olympics to have the track in there was awesome. Mm. Um, I was living in Richmond um, in 2006 when the Commonwealth Games were on. So the memories for me were oh. I literally walked from my home down Swan Street to Olympic Park, warmed up, got a bus to the MCG and then walked home. After running in front of a hundred thousand people, and had lasagna with my mum at home, um, and it was just a surreal experience. And I, 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 you know, I remember, you know, behind the scenes sort of thing after my five thousand, having all of those people going off their heads, and then ten, fifteen minutes later, the G was empty. And doing my warm down on the on the infield of the MCG with not a soul there, and having the, the caretaker say to me, "Craig, the MCG is yours for as long as you need it. Just give me a thumbs up when you're done, and I'll turn the lights off." So I did my jog. Gave him the thumbs up, off went the lights, and I walked home to Richmond. It was
0: just a phenomenal experience. I reckon he did own the MCG for controlling the light towers. Yeah, that's exactly right. It was just such a unique atmosphere, though. It was like a Mexican wave almost, but but following you around. It, It rose with you, and then it left, and then it rose again. It must have been incredible to perform in front of
1: it was it was awesome and i remember talking to kathy freeman and listening to her speak after the sydney olympics when she had a similar scenario there she did one better than me but um she explained it and i thought it was really strange at the time her explanation she said if you ever stick your head under the water in a spa and turn the jets on that noise that you get when you do that is what it's like running in front of a hundred thousand people and i remember running around the g you know three four laps to go when i went to the front and actually laughing in my own head thinking shit That's exactly what it sounds like. Yeah. It sounds like putting your head under the water and it's just a big high-pitched sort of noise. It just reverberates following around and it lifts you up. It actually makes it hard to feel what's actually happening inside your body, which is really important in running. So it it does, it gives you an extra, you know, one or 2% to push a bit harder.
0: God, it was a great event. Great to witness in the flesh. Hey, Craig, well done on what you're doing now uh, in particular, which is why we've got you on of course. The On Athletics Club launching this morning uh, in Melbourne, in Australia, which is fantastic. OAC, Oceania, and hopefully some great things to come out of out of this group in the future. Really appreciate your time.
1: Absolutely. Thanks, Sam, for having
0: me. And it's Craig Mottram uh, there. Pleasure to catch up with him this morning. And that mori plant meet, by the way, on uh, on down the road um, in Albert Park tomorrow night. Uh, he joined us, Craig Mottram for Australian Made. It's important to buy Australian right now. Look for the logo and be sure it's Aussie. And, yes, I'm happy to declare my love for Buster Motram. That that event, that Commonwealth Games 5,000 metres in 2006 was an incredibly um, good event to be at and witness live. Hey, Moz text in. Now, I might address it after this break, Moz. You're asking... Um, questions around uh, the Devil's Den and the Tasmanian stadium that uh, is bogged down in funding uh, requests at the moment. So we'll get to that. Actually, the lines are open as well before we get Mark Evans up at uh, around 11.40. So if you want to join us, now's the time to do so. Any topic you like. I feel like we haven't spent enough time today or yesterday on these concessions when it comes to the AFLWs priority um, selection period. So we will do that after this. So the open line, of course, is for EFS, delivering simple freight solutions. And that number again is 1300 736, 736 We're into the final phase here on Mornings for Host Plus and the Hyundai Tucson Turbo Diesel, which is in stock now.